I think y'all practiced that this morning already. Eh? <laughs> Amen to that. You know, I was thinking as they were singing, what a uh, joy it's going to be to get to glory someday. Because even the most joyous music we hear this side of heaven, it's going to sound like a bee's humming in a drum when we get to glory. Amen. And it's sweeter and sweeter. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? Psalm 119, verse 41. Psalm 119, verse 41. I'll call your attention there today. The words, are, like I said, to the text there on the front of your bulletin. Uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, you open it with us. There's a sheet for you to jot down some things that may be of help to you. And our outline will be on the screen behind me in front of you. So you follow with us as we work through this today. Uh, each now that we've been in <clears throat> multiple services for quite some time now uh, to accommodate our social distancing requirements and things like that the best we can uh, I've realized something about it as you know we use the same outline but God knows who's in each service and God knows what the needs are and I don't know all that but for some way in his sovereignty he chooses to use me for the purpose of communicating the gospel and helping people uh, establish a relationship with him and then cultivate a relationship with him and walk with him. So to God be the glory. Uh, I'm grateful for that. So I, I want you to know that regardless of whether I or anybody else knows what you need from the Lord today, God knows and I know that he can reveal that to you today and help you be able to find the grace, the strength, the mercy you need to be able to be faithful in the world that we're living in today. Now, I'm going to go ahead and issue a little disclaimer here. The first service today was the very first service that I've kept my glasses on for the whole sermon, and I did not fall over drunk, okay? So y'all pray for me that I'm getting used to this uh, new way of uh, living like an official old man now, right? Okay. Uh, Psalm 119.41, you found your place in physically able. Stand with me. Honor and reverence to the reading of the word of God as Bible teaches us these things. The psalmist says, Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually forever and ever and I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts I will speak of your testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed and I will delight myself in your commandments which I love my hands also I will lift up to your commandments which I love and I will meditate on your statutes pray with me Father in the name of Jesus I pray, Father, your word would speak into our hearts deeply today. Because, Father, we have no other way to know how to live other than your word and the abiding presence of your Holy Spirit. God, use the word today to instruct us, encourage us, to reprove, rebuke us with all long-suffering and doctrine. And may the Son of God be glorified through the faithful proclamation of the gospel today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today I'm speaking to you on the subject of following the light in darkness. Following the light in darkness. I shared earlier and I'll share with you too that in years ago I took my children on an educational field trip, I guess is what you'd call it. 
uh, it wouldn't, you know, we was during a spring break or something years back when they were younger, and I took them uh, to a place you know and heard of well called DeSoto Caverns down in Talladega County, the Childersburg area. And when we went to the caverns, the girls were excited to go there and excited to see all that was there. And we took the tour where you go down into the cave and it had a nice concrete walkway that led us down into the midst of the cave. We got down into the bottom part there, I guess you would say. Uh, they began to tell us all about how the cave was formed and uh, all about the stalactites and stalagmites and all these different rock formations. It's always interesting to me when people talk to you about how the world was formed and how the world was created and how it took place over millions and millions of years. And, you know, as a Bible believer, I'm back there going, oh, ain't true, don't fall for it. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, they uh, began to tell you all these different things and kind of leave out the fact that the hand of a divine and holy creator made all this happen. Amen? Leave that out. But anyhow, uh, at the end of the presentation, they did something that was rather startling to me and with you they turned out all the lights now it was okay when the lights were on but when the lights went out it got darker and it got darker and it got darker most of the time in darkness you know your eyes will eventually adjust to where you can see a little bit of what's going on but that was not the case because the tour guide told us that now we were experiencing utter darkness now, that kind of spoke to me because I thought about how those who don't know Christ and who reject Christ at the great white throne will be cast into outer darkness will be cast into the lake of fire will be separated from God forever and ever and I thought how horrible now this was just dark it wasn't hot I wasn't burning I wasn't on fire and all these things it was just the discomfort of being in utter darkness well, as the tour guide continued on, a few minutes later, she went and struck a match in the middle of that group. And immediately, everybody's eyes were drawn directly toward the light. You know, as I said earlier, it wasn't something we had to think about or have a vote on. We automatically, without even thinking, involuntarily, our eyes and all of our attention was drawn directly to that light because... If the lights didn't come back on, I was going to be pretty dependent on that matchstick to help me find my way out, right? And as I began to watch that, I thought about how even the smallest light in utter darkness can dispel the darkness when it is uh, shown to those that are watching. So as I watched that, I thought so much about the text that I'm reading to you today and have read to you and want to speak to you about because... I believe that this passage really shows us how we can follow the light of Jesus Christ even in the midst of all the darkness that's going on around us. Charles Spurgeon said this when commenting on this passage. He said this, he said, In these verses, holy fear is apparent and prominent. He said, The man of God trembles lest in any way or degree the Lord should remove his favor from him. He said the eight verses are one continued pleading for the abiding of grace in his soul and it is supported by such holy arguments as would only suggest themselves to a spirit burning with love for God. Well, I think that's amazing and I think what Spurgeon had to say really sets our heart toward understanding the truth of this passage. 
When you read these verses, you see that the psalmist had a heart that burned with love for God and a heart to serve God. The light of God's love was bright, and it wasn't just visible to him, the psalmist, it was visible to everyone around him. So we can learn today how we can follow the light of the gospel in a very, very dark world, how we can allow the light and love that comes from Jesus to flow from our lives to touch the world around us because there are many who still walk in darkness. So notice me, if you will, as we begin to walk through this text together and we unpack these verses and lift truth from the scripture today, What's the psalmist saying to me in 2020? <laughs> you know, the psalmist couldn't see 2020, but the true author of this word, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, could see the day we're living in. Uh, they knew that we would need these instructions for such an hour's end. So as we talk about following the light in darkness, notice with me, if you will, in verses 41 and 42, we find confidence in confinement. Uh, some uh, theologians and some commentators who commentate on this passage say that the psalmist seems to have spoken from a heart that felt somewhat confined by his or her surroundings. You and I know what that's like because we have guidelines and ordinances that have been placed on us in society as if we, none like any in our other lifetime. It's almost a little aggravating to go anywhere now, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I either keep my mission mask around my neck, I call it my choker, so that if I forget to carry a mask to go in a store, I can just pull it up real quick. Or I keep a box of those like we have here in the church in my truck seat just in case I forget that, and that way I'm not confined and unable to go into a store because of that, and, and I understand that. We understand that we're living with some, some confinements like none in our lifetime have ever lived with. So how do we find confidence from God even in times like this? Well, notice what we find in verse 41. He says, Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. We find confidence, first of all, in the clear truth of the word of God. I don't know about you today, but I believe that the word of God is 100% accurate and 100% true because it is 100% inspired. Paul told the young preacher Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he said, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That literally means that the word of God is God-breathed. It was breathed from the heart of God into the heart of men according to the book of first, excuse me, 2 Peter. And those holy men of God were moved as the Holy Ghost spoke to them. Forty human authors, one divine author, three, uh, three languages on multiple continents over fifteen to 1,600 years of writings with one clear theme and message. The Word of God is totally and completely inspired. It is filled with absolute truth and has no mixture of error whatsoever. We can find confidence even in our confinement based on the clear truth of the word of God that's something you can hold on to ladies and gentlemen something you can cling to in difficult times is knowing that God's word can be trusted and it is absolutely true now because it is clear truth it also leads us to complete trust 
See, when we have confidence in confinement, we can trust the clear truth of the Word of God and we can place our complete trust in the Son of God. He said these words in verse 42, says, so shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me for I trust in your word. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3 that as followers of Jesus Christ that we are to be ready to give an answer to any man who asks of us of the hope that lies within us. Amen? That means we need to be prepared to share the truth of the gospel that demonstrates our complete trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, his ability to save, seal, and secure us until the day of redemption. That when people ask about this man Jesus, when people ask about the hope that lies within us, when they ask us how can we be happy when things seem so bad, when they ask us how can we have peace when the world is in chaos, then we must be able to give an answer for that. And that answer is in the complete truth and our complete trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So in our confinements, we realize just as Paul did in the Philippian jail and in the Roman jail too, that even though he was in chains, the word of God was not chained. Even though we feel, may feel like that there are barriers, there are roadblocks and even chains among us today, we can find confidence in the fact that the word of God is not chained. Right now, all across this world, the gospel is being proclaimed from pulpits that's going right through cameras, right into the computer, right into the internet. It's being broadcast all around the world today in all sorts of languages. I can only imagine what I sound like in Chinese. I don't know. But anyhow, I just know from the depths of my heart that the word of God is going out all across the world today and it is telling the world that regardless of what chains are on us, the gospel is not chained and the people of God are not chained either. Amen? We can have confidence in confinement. But notice the second truth with me if you will. We also can find obedience through obstacles. None of us like obstacles I don't think. We don't get up in the morning. I don't know about you. I don't pray like this. Maybe you do and you're more spiritual than me but I don't get up in the morning and say Lord I want you to put so many obstacles in my day that I just get knocked down every which way I turn. Nobody prays like that do you? Please tell me no, okay? No, we, we don't. We, 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 we know that the obstacle's there, but here's the way we pray. God, I know that there will be obstacles in my path. God, I know there will be barriers to where you're leading me. I know there will be difficulties. There will be valleys. There will be mountains to climb. There will be rivers to cross. But God, through it all, give me the grace to trust you Help me to walk obediently and faithfully regardless of the obstacles that are in my path. Well, here's what the psalmist said about that. When we experience obedience through obstacles, we do so through total dependence. Notice verse 43. And take not your word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. You see, we talk about the ordinances of man that may seem to confine us, but the ordinances of the precepts of the truth and the teaching of the Word of God is something that can help us remain obedient even through obstacles because we're totally dependent. I told him earlier, I left here Thursday morning. You know, Brooke called me and said, you know, you know I'm sick, I'm hurt, I, I need to get to the doctor. So whatever I had planned... No longer was on my plan. 
I've learned this in ministry. You can have a plan all you want, but that can change, and that's not just in ministry. That's in life, especially with family. So I got her ear and got her open and started to take go toward the hospital, and I just left all my stuff. And I usually uh, carry my bag with me everywhere I go. I call it my Baptist football. You know, like the president carries a nuclear football. I've got my Baptist football with my Bible, my notebooks, and my pens, and my folders, and all that stuff, and my devotions, and journals, and all that kind of stuff. I just left everything because I thought, you know, we'll be back in a little while. Everything will be fine. You know, we live in a society today where everything seems to be quick, and then sometimes our plans get interrupted. So we get over to the hospital, and we realize we're not going anywhere. We tried to come home. We had to turn around and go back. So we get back and realize we're going to be there. And in the midst of that darkness and that night in that hospital room, sometimes that can be a lonely place. Amen? And I'm sitting there in the darkness and I'm thinking about this coming up, Lord's Day. I just left everything on my desk that I was working on for today. And I said, Lord, I didn't bring nothing with me. Now Sunday's coming. I got to finish up. I got to have everything ready. Lord, I, I don't know what to do. So I didn't have my Bible with me and my, my phone was going uh, dead because I've got an older phone and the battery. You know, I think there's a conspiracy with these phone companies. You get a two-year contract. What happens in about 20 months? That thing starts going haywire. It starts calling Japan and everything else. And it starts, I mean, mine will just go off and say, I didn't understand. Could you say that again? I thought the government is trying to get in on me. Anyhow, but nevertheless, I mean, it's just, you know, say that more plainly. But anyhow, I'm just thinking, what's going on? Well, that phone starts going haywire. Well, here's something else that happens to those phones is the battery quits lasting very long, doesn't it? You know when you first get your new phone and you don't have to charge it for like a week? And then all of a sudden, you, you get two years into it and you're having to charge it all day, every time you turn around. So my phone was going dead and I thought, Lord, all I got is my, my, my Bible app on here and I just want to, and I just, the Lord led me to just go back and read these verses again and I'm sitting there in the darkness with that little bit of light and battery going dead and I got to this verse. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. Oh, it just really began to speak to me and the Spirit of God began to stir in my soul and remind me of how dependent I am on God for everything. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got books I've read and files in my file cabinet and studies I've done on all sorts of things but I want you to know something when I walk to this pulpit or I stand before you I am totally and completely dependent on the power of the spirit of God that lives within me to empower the preaching of the gospel I cannot rest on what I have done in the past I cannot rest on what has been behind me I must still realize that I need a fresh anointing from God every day that comes and especially on the Lord's day to make known the unsearchable riches of the word of God and I cried out to God and I said oh God in my spirit I said oh God don't take your hand off of me oh God don't take your word from my mouth don't let me ever take for granted any opportunity you've given me to stand before your people to hold your word and to preach your gospel oh God help me to realize that even though I have hurdled a lot of obstacles this year even though you have taken me through some difficult days you've been with me on every jump you've been with me on every run and it is you who has empowered me to do the work you've come and do oh God don't take your hand off of me 
Can I say to you today, if you're a child of God, you may not be a pastor. You may not be a Sunday school teacher. You may not be a deacon. You may not be a singer. You may feel as though, well, I'm not doing anything important. I want you to hear me today. If you're a child of God, what you do every day is important. And what you must pray for is that God would put his hand of blessing on you and that you would live and walk in such a way that you would never disqualify yourself from receiving the blessing he wants to give you. We ought to pray for God to keep his hands on us that we would live in total dependence to him because that's how we get through the obstacles. We don't get through them in our own strength. Not only total dependence, but he also speaks to us a word about timeless determination in verse 44. He says, so shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. You know what he's saying? I'm determined to stay true to the word of God for the rest of my life. Wow. Obedience through obstacles. Notice with me a third truth, if you would. Verse 45, we find that we follow the light in darkness when we experience freedom in faithfulness. Notice what verse 45 says. And I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. I will walk at liberty. That means I will walk in freedom. You may have heard preachers say this in in the past. Lord, I enjoyed worship today. I had a good liberty to preach the gospel. You may understand what they mean is they felt the freedom from God and from the people to say exactly what God sent them there to do and do exactly what God sent them there to do. So they felt a liberty or a freedom, if you will. Can I tell you, you know, even though I've been a pastor 27 of my almost 35 years in ministry, even though I've been a pastor most all of that time, I've preached in a whole lot of places. And can I tell you, there's been times that I couldn't squeeze an ounce of liberty out of that crowd. Y'all with me? There's been times there wasn't much liberty from the people. There's been times that there wasn't a whole lot of liberty from the congregation. But can I tell you that even though you may not get it from the congregation, you still walk in the liberty of the Lord Jesus Christ who has called you and the Spirit of God who lives within you that empowers you to preach the gospel. Old country preacher told me one time, says, son, sometimes they won't give you liberty. You just got to take it anyhow. Amen. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, hear me today. I'm grateful for the liberty and the freedom that comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Reminds me of a time, speaking of a fateful walk, uh, years back we had had a 5K run at our church for our student ministry. It was going on a mission trip, kind of like mission serve or something like that. They were getting all that together and had to organize a 5K run. And we had a guy in our student ministry who was a tall, lanky guy. You could tell he was probably a good sprinter, maybe a good long-distance runner. So before the race began, his dad, who's a good friend of mine and still is and always will be, he uh, pulled his son to the side. He said, son, listen to me. He said, if you want to do well in this race, here's what you're going to have to do. He says, when you start out on this thing, remember, it's 3.1 miles. You're going to have to set you a good steady pace, and you want to increase more and more. And the closer you get to the finish, you want to have a little left in the tank. And when you get in that last minute, you want to give it all you got, and you want to cross the finish line 
giving your very best. The boy looked at his dad and he said, yeah, dad, I got that. No problem whatsoever. Got it all figured out. Uh, I, I hear you, dad. No problem. When they sounded the starting gun, I watched this young man and you literally, he, you like you shot him out of a gun. He took off running as fast as he could, just sprinting down the road just as fast as he could, had his head back. He was just digging. And about a half mile down the road, I don't guess I have to tell you what happened, he kind of ran out of gas. Next thing you know, about a half mile down the road, he's holding his side, he's pushing up on his diaphragm, trying to, where it's hurting in his side, and he's all slowed down. And then a little bit later, <laughs> I told him earlier, he got so slow that every grandmother in their wheelchair passed him and he, he come around after that and he came around the end of the race and, and when he got to the finish line I'm telling you he was holding his side and he was limping and, and he, he was oh he was having a hard time and his dad pulled him over and said son are you okay he says yeah dad I'm okay he said well, what happened out there dad he said for the first half mile dad I had him <laughs> he said yeah you did son but there's only one problem with the race the race is three miles long and, and, and you didn't have it. He said, son, you didn't do as I instructed you to do. Isn't that the way sometimes people approach the Christian life? Sometimes they think, you know, I'm just going to come out of the gate wide open and, and, and it's not about pacing yourself or anything like that, but it's realizing that where we draw our strength from is not what we have to offer but what God gives us. And many times a lot of people don't finish well simply because they ran the race in an improper way. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know today if you're going to be faithful to walk with God and be faithful to the finish, you're going to have to continually draw strength from the Word of God and the Spirit of God that lives within every believer. That's the way you're going to have a faithful walk and you're going to walk in freedom. But notice something else with me. Freedom and faithfulness is not just about a faithful walk. It's about a fearless witness. A fearless witness. Notice verse 46. He said, I will speak of your testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. I see this a lots of times with young people because it may not be cool, young people. Y'all listen to me for a minute. It may not be cool sometimes to be a Christian in this culture. It may not be cool because you're not doing all the things everybody else is doing, going all the places everybody else is going, and getting involved in all the things everybody else is doing. Folks will make fun of you and all that kind of stuff, but I promise you it's worth it. Living for Jesus is worth it. But a lot of people talk about this thing about being ashamed. Well, listen, when we have a fearless witness before God, it all boils down to who we have a relationship with. You know, we hear people say this from time to time. They'll say, preacher, you know, I, I, don't, I don't talk about the Lord much. I don't talk about the Bible much outside of church because I'm just not real open or vocal about my religion. Well, the big problem with that is, and the reason you're not very vocal or open about it is, is because it's a religion and it's not a relationship. Religion is your attempt to get to God, which you'll never get there, and relationship is you understand God came down to man in the person of Jesus Christ, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me illustrate that the best way I can for you. Years ago, when my children were born, we did not have phones that held 50 gazillion pictures. Now, you got one now that'll hold 50 gazillion pictures. I mean, you've got more computer power in your hand than was used to run the Vietnam War. You understand that, don't you? I mean, at any point in your day, you can push one button. I can push one button, and I can broadcast live to the entire world from what I hold in my hand. 
Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. We didn't have those things, so what we had to do, and this is so old school, my girls cannot believe we used to have to do this. What we had to do was, is we had to take pictures with a camera that held a roll of film in it. Archaic, isn't it? Held a roll of film in it, and then it only had so many pictures, and then you had to wind, 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 wind to make sure you didn't expose the film, and then you took that film out of the camera. And you had to go down to the Walmart or the Kmart or whatever was going on then. And you had to go back to the electronics and photo department. You had to take one of those little envelopes out. You had to write your name on it, what kind of film it was, how many copies you wanted, whether you wanted glossy or matte. You had to do all these different things. And then you had to drop your film down in that pouch. And then to seal it, you know, back in those days, I said, you know, we used to lick envelopes. We don't lick envelopes anymore. Does anybody still lick envelopes? If you do, please don't tell me. Because, listen, I am telling you, we don't do that. I had some bills to mail the other day, and it didn't have the little strip for you to do it. It was one of them lickable kind. I said, if I don't find a roll of tape, these just won't get paid. But I am telling you, we don't do that anymore. But you would take that little tab off, and that little tab had your number and it was the same number as what was on your envelope, and you would look and see when they'd be back, and do y'all believe we used to have to wait four or five days to get pictures back? If you told somebody today, it's going to be five days before those pictures come back, there'd be a revolution. But no, now you can go plug your phone into that thing. Isn't this neat? Plug your phone in a little thing, Walmart, just start printing off. I'm telling you, it's amazing. We used to have to do all that kind of stuff. See, my girls now always tell me, you know, Brooke's our selfie girl. She takes the selfies of the family. I'm not a big picture guy, y'all, but if you live in a house with three girls, you go out and smile for some pictures, I'll tell you that. They take over. So Brooke's the one that can get everybody in the screen. And this is the funniest thing that girls do. They take the picture, and all of them want to see it. Don't you post it. Don't you post it till I see it. Uh-uh, don't you post it. I don't like the way my hair looks in that one. I don't like the way I'm standing in that one. We got to take another one. And I'm over there dying a slow, cruel, agonizing death. So we take another one. Back in those days, you didn't get to preview your picture. You got what they sent you. And if your hair was messed up, if you weren't standing right, if it was showing your bad side, your good side, your whatever side, it didn't matter what it was showing, you had to take it. But you know, I can remember going to that Walmart and getting those pictures. Because I, Kate was just a little baby, and there were some guys I worked with said, Hey, uh, bring us, show us some pictures of your little girl. I said, Well, I'm getting some today. I've waited my five days. <laughs> so I went and got them. I had a little booklet, and it had about 30 pictures in it. And I put it in my lunchbox for work. I got to the break room, and the guy said, Let me see your pictures. So I took those pictures, and I showed them to all the guys at the table. And you know what they're going to say. They're going to be nice. We live in the South. Oh, what a beautiful baby, most beautiful baby I've ever seen, which I knew that was correct because your baby is the most beautiful baby you've ever seen. My baby is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. That's just the way it goes, and that's good. But I can remember showing those pictures, and let me tell you why I showed those guys a picture. I didn't show those guys pictures because of religion. I showed them pictures because of relationship. I had a relationship with that little girl, and whether she wanted to or not, she had one with me, but I wanted them to see how precious and how much she meant to me, how special she was, and I was unashamed. Are you with me? 
I was unashamed to let the world know that this is my baby girl. Here's what the psalmist is saying. I have such a close, intimate relationship with God that I want to speak of his truth and I want the world to know and I want to speak without any level of shame in my heart that he is Lord and I belong to him. Ladies and gentlemen, today, this world needs to hear that message. It doesn't just need to hear that message from the preacher. It needs to hear that message from the people. They have been changed by the power of the gospel. And we need to take that message to the world and say, Hey, I am not ashamed because it's not about religion. It's all about my relationship. He came down to me when I couldn't get to where he was. He came to me when I was lost. I now am found. I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within seeking to rise no more oh but the master did anybody hear me in the house this morning but the master of the sea he heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me now safe am I to God be the glory for a relationship that comes with the son of God through the shed blood of Calvary to God be the glory forever and ever amen amen and amen God help us today whoo lordy this doing this twice is rough on an old man amen <laughs> oh freedom and faithfulness but I got to tell you about this part okay we're done he also realized that following the light in darkness involved being captured by the call captured by the call notice what he said in verse 47 I will delight myself in your commandments which I love you know Thanksgiving and Christmas is a special time for many reasons but I can remember one of the things I miss most about the holidays is I miss some of the stuff my grandmother used to cook. Anybody with me? Oh, Lordy. And I made something for my girls the other night <laughs> that grandmother used to have every Christmas. She used to have this little punch bowl that had sherbet in it and ginger ale. Can I get a witness to y'all I'm telling you there's all was but I thought it was the neatest thing and we only had that one day a year Christmas day either lime sherbet most time it was lime I chose orange because I like orange I don't like orange anything but I like orange sherbet amen if you don't like orange sherbet maybe God will forgive you in eternity I'm telling you that's good stuff so grandmother used to make this punch and right beside it, she used to make this dessert. And I want to think she made it for me. Maybe she told me she did to get me to be quiet sometimes, be still. She was always trying to get me to be still. I was really hard to keep still, if you can imagine that. But she would make this dessert called Chocolate Delight. Now, chocolate is always delightful, isn't it? Everything's delightful about chocolate. When I think of chocolate, 
it makes me smile. When I think of chocolate, it brings nice thoughts to mind. It's kind of like you see these little candy bars, you know, Halloween or whatever, and it says Snickers, what it says, fun size, and they're like this little. No, no, fun size is that thing down at the Cracker Barrel, it's about three foot long, huh? <laughs> That's party size, right? I mean, fun size, there's nothing fun. You got to eat 72 of them to put, but no, anyhow, you know. Chocolate delight, okay? And this thing had, and, and I think Caitlin makes kind of a, a version of it, but let me help you get ready for dinner, okay? This thing had some kind of pudding stuff in it with cream cheese and stuff and, and uh, all that, and it had Cool Whip and, and it had graham crackers. And this chocolate stuff over the top of the graham crackers and stuff. And I can remember thinking, you know, this was back in the old days when you had to clean your plate to get that. Y'all remember that? No clean plate, no good stuff, right? So, you know, I was all right, but I was just thinking, man, I would be okay if we just had that. <laughs> chocolate delight. It brought delight to my mind when I thought about that stuff because it was really good. Well, here's what the psalmist is saying. He said, I delight myself in your commandments. He's saying, your word, your commandments bring joy to my life. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, if I can't help you with anything, I, and I, I, I don't know that I can, but one thing I want to be able to help you with is, I want to help you, and through reading Psalm 119, if there's anything you ought to get from these, this chapter is, it ought to increase your appetite and desire for the Word of God. I, I, I talked with a pastor friend of mine the other day, and you know we were talking about some different things we're reading. I said, but you know, there's something that has really captured my heart during this time is that God is teaching me, yes, it's good to read lots of things, but man, the Word has become so much more precious to me during this season that in any season of my ministry just reading the word and just taking the word in and just journaling what the word has to say has really just become real precious to me and he's teaching us to delight in the commandments because listen, it's easy to delight in the stuff that talks about salvation and love and mercy and grace but what about the parts of the word of God that remind us of judgment? How could the psalmist find joy in the commandments and the ordinances and the precepts of the word of God dealing with subjects such as judgment because you know those subjects are void from a lot of places today a lot of places, a lot of pulpits don't want to deal with it because it may be negative or it may not be unsettling or it might make people nervous but listen to me, hear me, this is the good news here's why I can find delight in it and here's how you and I can find delight in the commandments of God and the precepts of God and the truth of God's word even when he talks about judgment. is as a child of God, if, if you've trusted Jesus as Savior and he is your Lord, listen clearly, you can find joy in knowing this, that the judgment that should have come to you, Jesus took it upon himself in your place. Do you know how we can find delight today? Is knowing that all the judgment for all my guilt, all my sin, and all my shame that should have been poured out upon me, Jesus took it on himself at the cross of Calvary. He paid the price in full, and that brings joy to the heart of every child of God. Amen? We ought to find delight in that. 
then he said, I'll declare your commandments. He said, my hands also, I will lift up your commandments. You know what he's saying? I will make them preeminent in my life. Preeminent. You know what he said? Because I love them and I will meditate on your statutes. I'll tell you something that will help you. Sometimes you just need to take the word of God and some people do this at the start of every year and I want to help you if you get discouraged. They'll say, I'm going to read the Bible through this year and they'll get started and they'll try to read so much so fast and they'll get stuck. And then they'll quit. They'll get discouraged and they'll quit. When what we need to do sometimes is not worry about how much you read per day, how many chapters or how many books you read this month, but, but just sit with the Word of God and take passages like Psalm 119, take passages like Psalm 1, Psalm 40, uh, Psalm 121, you just go on and on and on, and, and Psalm 34, and, and just let those words just really sink deep into your soul and just meditate on what God says. That'll do you more good than just trying to fly through it. So here's the question. You remember what I told you early in the opening illustration about the solo cabin? Remember I told you that in the midst of all that darkness there was one point of light that everybody was drawn to. Here's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are the light of the world. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works that it may glorify your Father who is in heaven. So here's the question you got to answer is who will I be responsible for letting them see the light of Christ in me that they would be drawn to the light of the gospel and a saving relationship with Jesus out of darkness through the light that he's shown through me. Who will I be responsible for getting to the cross? You know, I may have shared with you earlier, I don't know if I did, if I do, it'll do to tell again. But every time I think of this, this illustration comes to my mind. In 1999, a terrible tornado swept through the town of Moore, Oklahoma. Moore, Oklahoma is right outside Oklahoma City, and you know the state of Oklahoma and northern Texas and all Kansas up through there. It's kind of like living in North Alabama. The chances of seeing a tornado is pretty high. This area had been decimated. As darkness fell, the rescue workers began to walk through the streets. As they began to walk through the streets, they were going house to house, what they could find of a house, and they were searching for people that injured, maybe some survivors, but they also found many casualties. People lost their lives in that storm. And as they walked through the town, they had no electricity, of course. So they began shouting, into each place hoping for a response so they'd know whether to go in and try to find the survivors. Finally, they were able to erect one big spotlight and in the midst of all of that devastation, there was one building still standing, the First Baptist Church of Moore, Oklahoma. The church had not been hit by the storm and the steeple was still erect and 
they took that light and that big spotlight and they shined it up on the steeple and as they walked through the streets of Moore, Oklahoma, they had the bullhorns and they were calling out for people and they said this, it says, if you can just look up, walk toward the cross and you'll find help there. Anybody with me? Anybody follow me? In the midst of all of that devastation, they were able to say, hey, there's a point of help. If you can just get to the cross, we'll be there to help you. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you today that there is a storm ravaging our land. There's a storm that has its basis in sin that is resulting in all the chaos that's going on around us. And what we should be shouting and trumpeting to our communities and people around us today is, hey, let's just get people to the cross because if we can get them to the cross, there'll be some help there. God help us to be people of the cross that are carrying the cross, that are leading people to know where they can find help. We've got to follow the light even in the midst of utter darkness. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your word today, Lord. I want to thank you for how it speaks to my soul and how it challenges me to make sure that I'm walking with you so that I can help others to do the same. Father, right now, in this room, there are people that are looking for light. And Lord, we know it's only found May we lift your name very high. May we demonstrate your truth every day that people will be affected and be drawn to the light because of the light that you've put within us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I want you to look this way just a minute or two before we dismiss this. As, the, as a close of every service, I want to make sure you know that whatever needs you have are more important than anything else that's going on here. If you have any needs at all, spiritual needs, physical needs, whatever it is, we're here for you and we're not going anywhere. We want to, we'll be right here until the last person's here today. Um, if you don't know the Lord, then today you sense that God has spoken to your heart. Please, please come after the service. I know we can't do... Uh, come forward invitations right now and hopefully that'll be soon but until then please know we're still here for you you matter if you're a child of God and you're struggling with something you know I'm here to help you not hurt you we'll never throw rocks at you only ropes to help you so don't forget those things okay as we go out today don't forget our offering buckets are at both doors on the way out if you haven't picked up your offering envelopes for 2021 they are available in the worship I mean the welcome center uh, devotion books are available there also. But before we dismiss, there's something I forgot to do last week. Miss Connie, you know how to play Happy Birthday, don't you? Right? You know how to do that? Oh, look at I forgot to sing Happy Birthday to my good buddy, John Hyatt. John's 45. Give it up for John. <laughs> last week it was his birthday, and I forgot last week, and I won't forget again. But he's no longer a 44 Magnum. He's a Colt 45 now, okay?
But we want to sing happy birthday to John. Do y'all love John? Hey, I do. I love John. He is my buddy, and there ain't nothing he can do about it. Amen? Me and you, okay? So let's sing happy birthday. Marty, come on up here. I, you know I don't have much of a voice here. What Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing happy birthday to John. Lead it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Johnny. Happy birthday to you. All right. <laughs> he would give you one lead right here. But <laughs> hey, but anyhow, we're just grateful to God for friends, aren't you? We are, and, and, and I'm so grateful for all of you, thankful for you. Don't want you to ever forget you know God loves you, and you know I love you, and there's not a thing you can do about it. Amen? Don't forget Wednesday night, 6 o'clock for everybody. I look forward to seeing you then. Uh, just pray much through this Christmas season. Pray for health. Uh, pray for our brothers and sisters. I have several pastor friends who have had such outbreaks in their churches and their staff that they've been unable to meet today because of that. And then we, we lift them up before the Lord today. You pray for their recovery and things go well there. There's so much that's going on around us we have zero control over. But listen, it's never beyond his control. His foundation stands sure, and we stand on Christ a solid rock today. Amen? So let's stand together. Marty's going to sing us out. I want you to have a great Sunday afternoon.